You're tuned in to Brain Health and Healing with Eva Edelman, author of Natural Healing for Bipolar Disorder and Natural Healing for Schizophrenia. And I'm the co-host, Simone Jeanette. Today we're going to be talking about... Today we're talking about epilepsy and neurology in general and the relation to mental health. Well, how do we start this conversation? How do we start? How do we start this conversation, Eva? <laughs> That's a big chunk of cheese. Yeah, it is. There's a high correlation of uh, seizure disorders, brain injury, and neurological symptoms with both bipolar and schizophrenia. Interesting. <laughs> It is interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Sometimes a person will, let's say, have seizures. In fact, doctors Paul Spears and Norman Geshwind found 30 or 33 percent of the people in the backwards of the mental hospital actually had a neurological illness that was responsible for their symptoms. Wow. I, that's crazy. I totally see that. I can just like see that in my mind. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What happens, for instance, with epilepsy, especially temporal lobe epilepsy, that area right where the voices come from when one has schizophrenia or oh, bipolar, area, huh? right? It's the same part of the brain where we process sound. And so if you have epilepsy over there, and you get voices or various other effects. And then it goes on an average of, say, 14 years. You could get those kind of psychiatric symptoms between seizures. Is it, so it's almost like, is there like a short-circuiting effect going on in their brain? Yeah, well, epilepsy is an overstimulation of a certain set of neurons. In some cases, it's global. It's over the whole brain, but we're talking here about temporal lobe in that area. That's where you get more symptoms that seem like bipolar or schizophrenia. So it's kind of weird. When you look at the drugs for bipolar... They're always anti-seizure. They have a tendency to be, in my experience, anti-seizure. Yeah, Tegretol is a key example, but also Depakote. So, aside from lithium, those, for a long time, were the two main drugs, and then they got lamotrigine, and that's also anti-seizure. That one's supposed to be more antidepressant than the other mood stabilizers. And then there's lithium. Lithium is only mildly anti-seizure. Mainstream psychiatry generally holds that two-thirds of bipolars respond well to lithium. Two-thirds respond better to the more anti-seizure medication, with some overlap, obviously. The patients who respond better to non-lithium drugs tend to have more neurological signs. So that stabilization of the neural membrane for some bipolars might be just the key thing. And for others that respond to lithium, maybe that's not the main issue going on. 
So there's another interesting similarity, and that is the concept of kindling. So with epilepsy, the more a seizure is stimulated, the more sensitive the person gets to even lower and lower levels of stimulant. So whatever the stimulant is, stress, street drugs, coffee, coffee, family stress, that's a big one, the high cortisol, yeah. So that could kindle in it, meaning that it becomes progressively easier to trigger a seizure. In other words, the threshold keeps getting lower. That's why things that calm down your neurology, calm down uh, how reactive you are. Like all the vitamins I take. And particularly vitamins like zinc and magnesium and GABA and taurine and B vitamins used generally by naturally oriented physicians to counter seizures. Taurine you have to be careful of because it could decrease levels of zinc and so you have to make sure you're putting in enough zinc when you do taurine. GABA also it uses zinc so it works more efficiently when you take zinc. Niacin is another key one that affects dopamine escalation, you know, it's really important. Niacin increases dopamine removal from the synapse, calms it down. Another really important B vitamin would be B1. And here's a thing like folate. A lot of epilepsy drugs suppress folate, and that can reduce epilepsy in some persons, but after a while, the low folate becomes a problem. So that's just something to be aware of sometimes. People need to get a little bit in, but not a lot, because it might trigger the seizures again. Well, folate's always an issue. It's such an irascible nutrient, because it could foster depression really easy, especially in histadelics, undermethylated, but for some people, it's antidepressant. So it's kind of crazy. What is it going to do? <laughs> you know? So anyway. Other nutrients that might be indicated include phosphatidylcholine, omega-3, antioxidants, etc. So there's the, the vitamins. There's also any kind of anti-stress techniques. So that's temporal lobe epilepsy. And interestingly enough, for bipolar, especially bipolar mania, anxiety, or rapid cycling, those exact nutrients are what is often indicated. Sometimes you could see a bipolar, you're talking to them, and you say some certain thing, and they get agitated to the extent that at a certain point it can't be stopped. Kind of like a seizure. And then the kindling. It's triggered by certain things, and as time goes on, the person gets more and more sensitive to the most minor triggers. And that's well known with bipolar. I have found that. That is absolutely true. And I've found myself caught in like, it's like a spiral, it's like a loop, and you can't get out. It's like this fierce thing takes over and you can't get your mind to stop 
focusing on this one thing and then it just gets bigger and bigger and then you get more agitated and then yeah heck yeah I could see myself falling into a seizure but you know I'm learning actually with vitamins and stuff like that doesn't happen as often yeah I'm so grateful it's because that's a really torturous place for a mind to be and then not be able to figure out how to get out of it and then you're torturing the person that you're like next to because that vibration just like spills over it's crazy no wonder people have seizures short circuit (laughs) yeah it's like a short circuit and yeah so there's those nutrients i just mentioned plus there's pyroluria pfeiffer found that his pyroluria patients were the ones most likely to have neurological issues it's a stress disorder any little stress can trigger symptoms make symptoms much worse the major pyroloric nutrients are B6, zinc, and manganese. There's a particular balance among those nutrients. So if they're not balanced correctly, that could trigger seizures too or reactions, stress also. So with any given person, that could vary. So one has to see as things develop, as the doctor works with the person what is the best balance that keeps the person stable. And a person can also see, you know, well, I didn't take much zinc today and look how I feel, or that kind of thing. So zinc and B6 being the main nutrients, but manganese being important because it gets depleted and you need that balance too, in much lower dose. So and there's other nutrients for pyroluria. Magnesium is often indicated for the anxiety and stress. So in terms of epilepsy in pyrolorics, these four most often turn out to be the really critical ones. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Okay, so if you have epileptic seizures and things, is there a certain food or diet that would cause you to have more frequent seizures? Is that... Oh uh, yeah! Remember when we talked about excitotoxins? Uh huh. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And every time I <laughs> eat something bad, I go, "Oh God, I know better." <laughs> yeah, like mainly in junk food, they trigger seizures because they're stimulating. It's like that glutamate and aspartate, some of the major neurotransmitters in the brain, very important. But when you get these concentrated doses in excitotoxins, like in MSG or aspartame or fake sugar, the brain doesn't know how to handle it and gets overexcited. And then, yeah, you could trigger seizures or trigger mania. I wonder why that, that's like, does it, it could trigger like episodes, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just correlating that with like things that I see in the, in the media these days. There's lots of people experiencing major episodes. <laughs> it must be their diet. <laughs> well, there's also these stressful times we live in. Now, there has been some success with a ketogenic diet, especially in younger people prone to seizures, meaning a very low-carb, fat-focused diet with some protein. The caveat here, if you use healthy fats, there's a whole lot less side issues to deal with. Yeah, that's had some success. But yeah, this crazy junk food diet that many people gravitate to is definitely destabilizing. 
Sugar is also bad, just any junk food. And so one has to train oneself to go for healthy food and get the rich, wonderful taste of that kind of food instead of junk food fake or processed e food. And even sugars. Uh, so say fake processed Fake processed food. Yeah. Fake processed food. Fake yeah. processed food. Fake processed food. <laughs> fake processed food. Yeah, fake processed food. We don't want that. <laughs> and we don't want the sugar either and the, the any other kind of stimulants. Like caffeine, energy drinks, amphetamines, or even like alcohol, which is basically worse than sugar for the brain because it goes right into the brain where the sugar takes a while, so it's even more extreme effect. One of the key therapeutic approaches for seizures, as well as bipolar, has been to look at the balance of stimulating versus inhibitory neurotransmitters and other brain biochemicals. And to enhance the activity of inhibitors like GABA, but also taurine, while suppressing that of dopamine, norepinephrine, and glutamate, aspartate, and various stimulants. The sodium-potassium balance seems to play a role both in bipolar and in seizural disorders. Bipolar anticonvulsive drugs like uh, Tegretol and Depakote they seem to work in part by reducing sodium entry into the neuron. Remember we've talked about that, like in excitotoxicity, right? And also in the Walsh-DeVito theory that the excess of sodium retained in the nerve cell and of potassium excluded on the outside and especially the difficulty getting back to a balanced state is thought maybe to be responsible for bipolar cycling from one mood state to another. Neural calcium is also suspect in both epilepsy and bipolar. With sufficient stimulation, calcium bursts the sacs containing neurotransmitter against the cell membrane, releasing neurotransmitter into the synapse. If calcium is excessive, there is the potential that a disproportionate amount of neurotransmitter will be released. Too much calcium coming into the cell, that can trigger or worsen seizures and mania. And the bipolar anticonvulsive drugs, as well as the calcium channel blockers that they sometimes use for bipolar, target calcium. Well, we have the body supreme calcium channel blocker in magnesium. Magnesium, which is also useful for epilepsy and really great for a number of bipolars. And again, there's all those other nutrients in common in natural approaches for bipolar mania and bipolar stability and natural approaches for temporal lobe epilepsy. GABA, taurine, zinc, magnesium, niacin, B1, B6, and so on, as we talked about. So what we have here is for a certain large subset of bipolars, and to some extent schizophrenics. The nutrients are really similar. The medication is really similar. 
There just might be a similar mechanism in there, and especially when it's temporal lobe epilepsy. Anyway, what it comes down to is that certain anti-seizure nutrients, depending on what the individual needs, may be really important. Really important. Yeah. Yes. So. Like, I can say that when I'm eating right and, like, making healthy choices, my reactive time or how I sometimes get stuck in loops totally goes down, almost diminished. And then if I go and eat something really crappy, like an excitotoxin, and I, I mean, I swear, it's almost like a game. Like, you can see the difference. You can feel the difference. You really can. And I'm telling you, it feels so much better to make the right choices. It really does. But with the vitamins, vitamins, I feel alive and vibrant. But I'm able to, like, go, oh, if something happens that's stressful, I can take a moment, breathe, and reflect so much easier than before I was taking my vitamins. And it's making me really more aware of making healthier choices. And then the more I get religious about taking my vitamins and making healthy choices the healthier I want to be it's like it's like addicting because you want to always feel good you know but it, it, it it's, it's like almost like you have to test it to go is this real is this true and I do test it like you know but I don't drink anymore at all so okay 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 thanks for listening Disclaimer, all the material covered in the show is for educational purposes only, and that's true of every single show we do. In any case, everyone's biochemically unique, and so we are not trying to give any medical diagnosis or treatment suggestions for the individual. That's not what we're doing here. Our focus is education schizophrenia, bipolar, and temporal lobe epilepsy are all distinct conditions, sometimes misdiagnosed because of their similarities. If you have questions about an illness you may have or that you have been diagnosed with, or if you need treatment for any physical or mental illness, it's important to consult with a knowledgeable physician. This has been Brain Health and Healing. Thanks for tuning in. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> to hear more on pyroluria or magnesium or zinc, look those episodes up in Season 1. For books and studies on neurological issues, check our show notes. My books, Natural Healing for Schizophrenia and Natural Healing for Bipolar Disorder, are available at boragebooks.com.